goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to your Wednesday, a rush hour with Bo Snurdly here on WABC. If you want to be part of the program today, 800 800- 848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. Chip Davis from Mannheim Steamroller will be joining us today, expected to join us. And I am very much looking forward to speaking with him. I am looking forward to speaking with you. Of course, the events of last night have consumed the news cycle in Colorado Four liberal, partisan, political hacks pretending to be justices of their Supreme Court decided they wanted to use Section 3 of the Constitution, Article 14, Section 3, Article 14, to disqualify Donald Trump from running his presidential campaign in Colorado. The reaction to that has been far and wide. One of the best pieces that I came across during reading between last night and today was from the Heritage Foundation. They publish an email that I get on a daily basis called, the well, the Heritage Take. And let me read you from the uh, uh, some some of the things that Heritage says in the Heritage Take. They begin by saying the Colorado Supreme Court last night ruled in an unprecedented, and it was that four to three decision to remove former President Donald Trump from the state's presidential primary ballot, citing Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment. This is a nakedly partisan, anti-democrat decision, anti-democratic is what they say. I just like to tweak Democrats by saying anti-democrat, because they are. This is a nakedly partisan, anti-democratic decision that ignores the law and prior precedent. Under the text and history of the 14th Amendment, as well as court president, Trump is not disqualified from running for office for numerous reasons. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment only applies to individuals who were previously a member of Congress, an elected officer of the United States, or a state official. Now, keep in mind, what was this all about? This was written after the Civil War to basically say that, that people that were, had rebelled against the country, insurrection against America, who fought a war with America, who wanted to dissolve the Union, could not run for high office. So let us go back to Heritage. Section 3 of 14th Amendment only applies to individuals who were previously a member of Congress, an officer of the United States, or a state official. Individuals 
who are elected, such as the president and vice president, are not officers within the meaning of Section 3. Then Heritage points out what we all know and what I hear so many people say, no federal court has convicted Trump of engaging in insurrection or rebellion. In fact, the United States Senate acquitted Trump of that charge in his second impeachment. Heritage goes on, some scholars assert Section 3 doesn't even exist anymore as a constitutional matter. After the Amnesty Acts of 1872 and 1898, a matter completely ignored by the court today. Now, there were acts which granted amnesty following the Civil War to people that had fought on the Confederate side. That's what they're referring to here. Finally, prior court rulings have held that Section 3 is not self-executing. Congress has never passed any federal law providing for enforcement, meaning the courts, such as the Colorado Supreme Court, have no legal authority to enforce Section 3. And this was written by Hans von Spakovsky. Spakovsky. I met him a few times. And I'm going to see whether we can reach out to him over at Heritage and get him on soon. Now, you know that in the aftermath, Vivek Ramaswamy came out and said, I'm not going to be on the battle either. I'm going to take myself off. I saw a headline of an article that Ron DeSantis did not do that. I didn't bother printing it or reading the story. The Colorado Republican Party says if this stands, they're not even going to have a primary. They're going to move it to a caucus system. They will just ignore the primaries altogether and instead go for a caucus. So that is also in the mix. This is in the New York Times. Biden says it's self-evident that Trump supported an insurrection. But President Biden said the courts must decide if President Donald J. Trump should be on the ballot. First he said he wasn't going to comment on it. Then he said, it's self-evident. You all saw it. He certainly supported an insurrection. No question about it. None. Zero. Well, there's plenty of questions about that. I never thought and have thought for one minute that Donald Trump, and I saw events that were going on in real time. I was watching that day as all of this was unfolding on Jan 6th. He certainly supported an insurrection? No. No, he did not. And I will pay, I will maintain that. In response, there are several Republicans now saying that they want to take Joe Biden off the ballot in states that they control. All of this is, I, I saw a statement that this is like lighting a match 
to a dangerous situation and just throwing it in there, a powder keg. Because feelings are so high surrounding this election already. And indeed, this is kind of incendiary, this sort of naked political play by these four uber-liberal partisan hacks out in Colorado pretending to be judges. Republicans are calling for President Joe Biden to be removed from state presidential ballots. Now, some Republicans have said Biden, too, should be removed, although it's not clear on what constitutional grounds. I'll give you one. High crimes, Mr. Meester, treason. I mean, they don't have, if, if you can tell me that Donald Trump doesn't have to have due process to be found guilty of committing insurrection, then what do we need due process for to accuse Joe and convict Joe of treason? We've got a lot of circumstantial evidence that's floating around in the news. It's self-evident that money flowed from China, from Ukraine, from Romania, into the pockets of the Bidens. That's self-evident. There's absolutely nothing. Zip, zero, nada. Nobody can say it didn't happen. It happened. So if the Constitution is going to be ignored, if we don't need due process, to convict somebody of a crime, then why do we need due process? Why do we need due process to retaliate against Joe Biden? A. I mean, if that's where if that's where all this is, where we don't need to follow the law in order to get with the result that we want, the political result that we want where the law can be ignored, then we can be just as circumspect. We can be just as arrogant and naked politically as the Democrats are. And just take Joe Biden off the ballot. And so take him off the ballot in in some of the key battleground states where Republicans barely have control. But take him off. Now, of course, I'm being facetious. There's a story today, you'll find it in numerous sources. It began, the first people I saw it from was the, was the Daily Mail. We have it at the Daily BS. It's in other places, too. It's on Fox now. Going into the history of these four Democrats who booted Trump off the ballot, it's easy reading. One of them, Ivy League, law degree from the Universal uh, University of Pennsylvania, you know, the place where anti Semitism is raging, the place where this whole transgender thing with athletes took off, where they demanded that the woman of the women on their swim team had to share their locker room with a guy with his dangly hanging out because he says he's a woman. That place. That would be Justice Richard Gabriel. Yale University. Guess he wasn't good enough to get his law degree at Yale, so he moved over to the University of Pennsylvania. He's from Brooklyn. In 2021, the Denver uh, Post reported there had been a harassment accusation about with him 
from a female law clerk. Don't know much about that. There's Melissa Hart. Professor, Colorado Law School. Monica Marquez, first Latina, and also the first openly gay person to serve on Colorado's top court. And then a guy named William Hood III, graduate from the Virginia School of Law, later received his honors from the International Relations from Syracuse University. So these are the four that decided to ignore the Constitution, ignore due process, ignore the law, and just go for the naked politics. And I'm going to tell you something, this is dangerous. It, of course, diminishes the respect that people have for the law. And every time you do it, we're just dragging this country closer and closer into the abyss. There's some New York nobody. He's a senator from Manhattan in the legislature, the state legislature, I guess. Brad Horlman Segal. I don't know why guys hyphenate their name, but that's a whole other story. He's demanding now that New York Democrats do the same and try to get Donald Trump thrown off the New York primary ballots. There's also this guy, Assemblyman Jeffrey Dinowitz from the Bronx. I mean, you never heard of these people, and you never will again. This is their big shot at getting their names in the newspaper. So they're demanding that Donald Trump be stricken from the election process here in New York. And the same is happening in California. California Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis urged the Secretary of State there, Shirley Weber, to explore every legal option to get former President Trump off the 2024 ballot. She says California must stand on the right side of history. Well, that would be a welcome change. California hasn't been on the right side of history for decades. In fact, there are stories out today in the L.A. Times and other publications about the exodus of the wealthy from California. California must be on the right side of history. When has that happened last? When Ronald Reagan was governor. All right. We start, ladies and gentlemen, with Alan Parsons. Celebrating a birthday today, born in 1948. An audio engineer, a musician, a record producer. Musician. He was in the studio with the Beatles and Abbey Road. In the studio with Pink Floyd when they did Dark Side of the Moon. Pink Floyd credits him as an important contributor. And then, of course, his own group, the Alan Parsons Project. This was huge for them. Happy birthday, Alan Parsons here on WABC. Talk Radio 77. Your calls are welcome, 800-848-9222. 
believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Occasionally we play songs that I hate. You don't like this one? I hate, hate, hate with a passion this record and always have from the very first moment I heard it. You could have told me I could have not played it. No. I No, because we... We do music. A lot of people love this song. I love this song. I'm just not one of them. But we do celebrate the birthday of Anita Ward. I mean, this song was number one for weeks. Do you hear that bass line, man? Do you hear that voice? Do you hear that screechy voice? Hey, man, the vocals for me are, uh, you know, icing on the, on, uh, frosting on the cake. I listen for the rhythm. And I kept saying, you can ring my bell. I don't think it's that bad either. I don't want to ring your bell. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Anita Ward, and forgive me for my horrible remarks. I congratulate your success, and I do, I do sincerely enjoy people that are successful, and I'm glad she was successful, and I'm glad this was her only hit. Ah, yes, Shades of the Disco era. There was one dissent on the court. This uh, One of the justices, a gentleman by the name of Samore, Carlos Samore, and he, he went off on this decision. He said the decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump by all accounts the current leading Republican presidential candidate, and reportedly the current leading overall presidential candidate from Colorado's presidential primary, flies in the face of the due process doctrine. Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed horrible acts in the past, dare I say, engaged in an insurrection There must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. He went on to argue that allowing states to decide individually whether to allow his candidate risks chaos in the country. And he said this cannot possibly be the outcome that the framers of the Constitution intended. And he is so right about that. I'd love to know what you think about this ruling. And what should happen? Obviously, this is headed to the Supreme Court. 800, now whether the Supreme Court takes it, who knows? 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us here. 800-848. We could go on. I have a stack of stories. Jonathan Turley ripped this decision. This country is a powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. That's the uh, quote later, uh, a former Aid, I believe, to Anthony Scalia went off on the decision, outrageous form of lawfare. 
That's an ex-clerk from the incredible intellectual justice Anton Scalia who said that. This is lawfare. Not warfare, lawfare. Trying to start a war with the law. Alan Dershowitz, as I mentioned, has weighed in. Well, no, I didn't mention Alan Dershowitz has weighed in. Jonathan Turley and so many others. This is is outrageous. So we have that in the news. There are other items in the news. And so for your consideration, I'd like to just go through a few of them. I won't spend too much time with any one of them. And then we'll take a break from politics, which I'm looking forward to, and chat it up with uh, Chip Davis. The embattled Harvard University President Claudine Gay has been hit with, guess what, more plagiarism charges. Harvard, according to the Washington Free Beacon, has received a complaint outlining over 40 allegations, 40, 40 of plagiarism. Let us see how this plays up at Harvard. Remember that mask-buying binge that these states were on in the days of COVID? We had to do this. People in different states now, Ohio and other states, are now throwing away the mask and the gloves. Why? Because they're expired. So many millions of dollars went into these things. In Vermont... For instance, 18 million masks, 22 million gowns, 500,000 gloves thrown away. Rhode Island said it had shredded and recycled 829 tons of PPE. Maryland, over $93 million in supplies. All this money that they had to spend, to enforce their mask mandates and buying all these, and what are they doing? They're throwing it away. They're throwing away hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of mask, gloves, and other personal protection against COVID because it stayed on the shelf too long across states in the United States. A terrific waste of money. This will not surprise any of you. Millions of student loan borrowers are not paying their bills. I guess the ones that didn't get the free handout from Biden say, if other people don't have to pay, why should I? Anyway, the long and short of this story is it's a Fox story, Fox Digital. 40% of the nearly 22 million borrowers who had bills due failed to make a payment. 40% are just saying, screw it, I'm not going to pay it. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. We're looking forward to getting away from politics for a few minutes and having a chat with Chip Davis, who's just amazing. So, Mannheim Steamroller. And we'll be back on WABC Talk Radio 77. And your calls are here. 
is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is an amazing honor for me. And it is a little bit emotional as well. As many of you know, for 30 years I produced and I worked with the greatest talk radio talent who ever was, Rush Limbaugh. And one thing about Rush... He loved, loved, loved Christmas. And he loved the music of Christmas. And he loved, without question, Mannheim Steamroller. In fact, when we were just in the very early years of the show, he took our entire staff, flew us all out to Chicago so that we could attend the Mannheim Steamroller concert they were performing that night. Now, Mannheim Steamroller is a creation, great musicians, but the inspiration behind it, Chip Davis. I mean, he's amazing. I admire him from the standpoint of a businessman and an entrepreneur, as well as an incredible musician and a man of vision. When no other record label would take his music, he formed his own record label, American Gramophone. And today, it is one of the most successful independent music companies in history. If you look at the number of albums sold, over 31 million. Christmas music became an industry, but a joyful industry because of this man. And he's with us today, Chip Davis. How are you? Doing good. Happy to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. As I mentioned, you know, Rush loved your music so much and yes. loved and and loved everything about it. I was unaware of who Mannheim Steamroller was until he started playing it that first year we were working on the show. Like, wow, this is great music. And he was in, in love with it. And, yeah, of he, course, you were successful. Was. Yeah. Yeah. One time uh, in the Chicago theater, we were performing, and I don't know if that is that maybe the one you flew out to with the other people, and Rush was there. And so I thought, hey, you're not going to just sit here and watch watch the concert. I gave him a triangle and let him play in the percussion section. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was awesome. That was awesome. And it, it brought back so many great memories. And But you're still making memories for people. You have become part of... You, your group, Mannheim Steamroller, is synonymous now with Christmas. You yes. are the most successful Christmas musicians, group of musicians in the world. Uh, why? How did this all happen? Boy, I don't know. It's a, you know, you don't know necessarily what the recipe for success is, but <clears throat> I hit on something. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I hit on something with it, and I think it's just I took Christmas carols that people were familiar with, but I Mannheimed them. You know, I I did them in a style that was more updated and and became part of a, a new way to listen to these Christmas carols. And people responded, and they and they loved it. In fact, what you've done in the Christmas genre is reflected 
in other genres. You you were a person that is often cited as being one of the main influences with where the development of the quote unquote new age genre of music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. You wrote your first song at uh, while you were a kid. Yeah, I think I was age six. Goodness. And, uh, yeah, I wrote a piece of music for my dog uh, that uh, had passed away, and uh, you know I felt really bad about it, and it moved me emotionally. And I wrote this piece for him, so it was a uh, you know it was a, a cool cool thing. And I guess I already kind of knew how to do that. Of course, I am a third generation musician on both sides of my family. And so uh, I, I was surrounded by music musicians. My grandmothers, uh, my dad and mom uh, went to the University of Michigan at the music school there. And so, um, you know, I was, I was just uh, submerged in it, and it was just a very natural thing to do. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you still have the passion and love for it? And I ask that because that your success has seen you travel. Um, and I'm getting these facts, by the way. You have a fun fact page uh-huh. on your website and it says uh-huh. you've traveled more than 40 million miles you've hung up more than 4 million square feet of video screen you've booked over 60,000 hotel rooms in eight time zones with your annual christmas tour that is and, and your tour by the way is still going on i see this yeah. year you're going to take off christmas eve and christmas day and then you're right back on the road yes that's right yeah they're out right now uh, one of the bands was just in North Carolina, and then they had a 14-hour ride up to Portland, Maine, which I think was one of the longest. Uh, the other touring company went from L.A. to Phoenix, uh, dr- driving, and uh, they no, it wasn't. It was in Texas. They had an uh, an equally long drive getting there. And I I can't tell you enough about how great these players are and the stamina that they have because they're playing virtually every day. And playing full shows, go get on the bus and take off again. It is pretty amazing. You have two touring groups. That was because you were so much in demand, and the Christmas season is a short, a relatively short season of touring. So yes. you put together a second group so that people yes. could have the Mannheim experience. Yes, exactly. And while they're doing that, I just finished uh, being at Universal Orlando I conduct the Grinch that stole Christmas with a 60 piece orchestra down there. And I just, I came home like a few days ago from doing that. And I'll get to be home now with the kids for, for Christmas. Wow. That's awesome. Now you, aside from this amazing career in music, you've also your website, you have great products. I still have my American gramophone cup, by the way, my coffee. Oh, cool. Thank you. And they are treasured, okay? But you have these, you, you write children's books. You do yes, other Tom. things. So tell us about some mm-hmm. of the other things that you do besides this incredible uh, the mu- music career. Well, well my biggest selling non-music product is hot chocolate. And uh, it's got cinnamon in it that we acquire from Madagascar. It's very special cinnamon. And you can't just use standard cinnamon here. And uh, we have a cinnamon hot chocolate that we don't measure by the cases. We measure it by the tons because it it literally is in about 10 to 15 tons of sales right now. And so that's the most popular. I have a line of other food products. I have some steak salt and and, uh, I have this product we call Bry, 
which is a brushless base that you spread on. You spray it on, like when you're cooking chicken on the grill, you spray it on there, and uh, it's a it's a seasoning. So I I have a series of several seasonings that I like to do, and I I consider it pretty much like writing music because you're you know coming up with something that didn't exist before, and uh, I I have a blast doing all that. My kids know how to cook really well, and uh, so it's it, it's a it's a fun thing. It's kind of a hobby, but it's something we all need to do. What is ambient therapy? Um, that is uh, a thing I developed uh, up at the Mayo Clinic, and um, it's uh, a, it's music, but not all music. A lot of it is uh, I I have microphones planted out in the woods here on my farm in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, I record the sounds of nature. And there's certain kind of sounds that birds make when the sun is coming up and when it's going down. And during the daytime, they get more quiet. So I go through with the ambience uh, a cycle of a day or maybe two days. I have one that's just completely autumn, one that's completely spring, one that's fall, and one that's night. And so those are used um, primarily uh, for healing processes. I've got them in like 94 hospital rooms. Wow. What, how did you stumble on that? How did, how did that come to mind? Um, well, you know, I, I grew up in a small farm town in Ohio called Hamler, Ohio. It's like 500 people. And my grandfather was the, the, uh, was a country doctor, you know, horse and buggy days. And my grandmother was a piano teacher. So I was around medicine and music like the whole time growing up with my grandparents. And then both my parents ended up being musicians and I went to the University of Michigan and graduated from music there. Amazing. Well, Chip Davis, you have, again, I, I am just so blown away by what you have done and what you are continuing to do and all the joy that you have brought into this world. Um, and certainly my days with Rush, the, one of the things every when, and Mike Mamone, I know broadcast listener, uh, broadcast engineer Mike Mamone is listening. We all uh-huh. knew the holiday season had begun when we fir- heard our first Mannheim steamroller jingle and bumper music. And that bumper yes. would continue until the Christmas season every single yep. year. Hey, I've got and, a kind of a cool, a cool Rush story. Yeah. He came, he came to uh, my show, I think it was in Orlando, and was up in the press booth. And my little daughter, Kelly, was about five, and she sat on his knee and watched the whole show with Rush. And uh, uh, she's now 32, so uh, that goes back some time. But Kelly really liked Rush. Rush thought she was a real kick, and it was it was a fantastic time. Oh, my gosh. That is a wonderful story. Well, what a delight, Chip. What a delight. And where can people find your music? And uh, if if they don't know already, of course, because you are the most successful Christmas artist out here. But for those that don't know, where can people find your music? Uh, well, they can go to Amazon uh, and, you know, any of the broadcast sources that would there. There are channels that are uh, completely all Christmas for certain years or, you know, throughout the year. And I know of one that is like 16, 16 weeks of Christmas. 
Uh, there's another one that's going to be 18 weeks at Christmas. So it's it's around on uh, various uh, network channels, and as well as some of the, uh, the the channels that would be on Amazon or some of the other sources of music. And I just want to note something that you did back in 2008 as we leave. Uh-huh. You gave away one million, one million CDs to members of the U.S. military and to their families, to military hospitals, and other support groups. And this giving of yours, you have given the world so much, and I'm glad that in return it has given you the kind of success that you've had at it, Chip. Uh, It's just remarkable to have you here, and thank you so much. Oh, hey, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I think um, years ago when I I was a jingle writer, first before I started just doing records and I think I wrote something for the bicentennial for WABC years ago if you find that I'd love to if in your archives I would love to hear that sure it features a cornet as the solo and uh, it has like banjo and you know country country sounds with it I was like, you know I don't know if you knew this but I was country music writer of the year in 1976. Man. Again, your, your, your career is nothing short of incredible. I'm, I, one of these days, there's got to be the Chip Davis movie. We've got to see this in movies. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Him. Yeah, I have a movie script that, you know, I've gone around several times with some of the big, big uh, uh, movie companies, and it's hard to get a movie made. It tr- truly is. Hmm. But I do have, I have several versions of the script, actually. I took it okay. to Warner Brothers, Time, you know, Time Life, several of uh, Hallmark. I've taken shopped it around several places. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to get that done one of these days. Hmm. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about that offline, if you don't mind. I know a source well, that sure. you might be able to get into. Sure. Well, Perfect. it has been a pleasure. Thank you, Chip Davis, Mannheim Steamroller. Amazing. Change the trajectory of Christmas music around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Mannheim Steamroller, Chip Davis on WABC Talk Radio 77. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. Coming back, we're going to check in with your phone calls on Rapid Phones. So stay right here. Do not go anywhere. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Rush. 1986, Bangles start a four-week run at number one with this one, Walk Like an Egyptian. They did it before the uh, cultural misappropriation crowd rose up, thankfully. Peter Chris, birthday today, co-founder, original drummer, and the occasional vocalist of KISS. One of the best-known rock and roll iconic groups of our time. 
And speaking of iconic, who doesn't know this one? Matthew Fisher, on this day, founding member of Procol Harum, won the high court battle over who wrote the song. He played the organ. Only got 40% of the copyright rather than the 50% he wanted. Still, 40% of this song, it's a good deal. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. We start off with you. I'm taking it you're in Forest Hills. How are you? James, I just wanted to say, you were talking about voices. Uh, you got a voice, man. I'm just saying, for people that listen to talk radio, because we can't trust the media, you, you're, like a, you're like a lighthouse. You know, you have something about your persona, uh, and I'm not trying to blow smoke. You know, you have something about the way you come across that we're like ships out here in the sea, and you're like this lighthouse. And, and you know, that's why we tune in and we listen, and you do affect – you have a – I've spoken to – I've called in a few times once I was really down and out a little bit, and uh, I was in Madison Park. And I called in, and, uh, you know, I'm just saying, you bring comfort. Now Man. I'm in my crib. Yeah, no, you're good, man. You're good money, James. And um, even the Thank time you. you, when you said when your your mom had passed, man, I got choked up. When you said that, I'm 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 listening to the radio, and you, she, you said it was the anniversary of your mom, and I got all like, ooh, because I had lost my mom not too long ago. So I'm just saying thank you, man. And, and there's a couple other people at your place that do that, too, at ABC. Thank you. And it's like a Thanksgiving dinner. And I've said that before. Your station is like a Thanksgiving dinner. That's amazing. And uh, John Casamitidis and Margot Casamitidis have put together an amazing lineup here at WABC. And I'm talking about the other talent here. And there's a lot of it. And not just on the air. The talent behind the scenes is just as important as the talent on the air, but you never see them and without them these shows wouldn't be what they are so yeah i'm pretty ugly don't that. see me <laughs> oh, oh diego <laughs> adam in mineola i know you know how to make it brief what's oh goodness, yeah i know i'm gonna make it brief sorry sir uh i don't understand why Y'all all upset about Colorado with the courts making that decision when the Supreme Court made that decision on Roe versus Wade. If you don't want that for Colorado, you shouldn't want it for Roe versus Wade. And you could Adam, I don't even understand how field. you could I don't even understand how you could conflate the two things. Roe versus Wade yeah. was an arbitrary decision that found that there was a right to privacy that was never part of the Constitution. This is the denial of due process. But I tell you what, let's talk about that on Saturday, if you choose, when we have more time. I just don't understand how the liberal mind works. And I don't think the liberals understand how the liberal mind works either. Let's go to Yonkers. And Brian, you're up next. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I make it a real rapid fire. Uh, so Brad Hoyleman, he was the sponsor for the 2019 religious exemption bill that he basically removed the kids out of school that had the religious exemption. Another thing is that he dresses his little boy like a girl, which is to me is crazy. 
And this has to do with all everything that, you know, they want to take Trump out of the ballot. It's just insanity going on on the left. There is total insanity on the left. And we shall see how this resonates throughout the 2024 election season. I think that all of this is going to be a huge backfire on the Democrats. But we shall see. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you. And I mean every single one. Politics no matter. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing us to be with you. God willing, back tomorrow for our Thursday edition of Bolsonaro's Rush Hour. Until then, bye. Bye.